Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hey, friends. Um, here we are. Another podcast episode. Thank you, as always, for listening to me talk with other people. It brings me so much joy. I can't tell you. So personally, I'm enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying it. Maybe you're not. Um, but thanks for being here. I have a sweet friend on today, Casey, who I've known for several years now and has brought so much also joy uh, and wisdom into my life. And she has got a very interesting story and has accomplished quite a lot in her um, I wouldn't say limited years in her years. She's, she's just an old soul and a very hard worker, which we can all learn from. So she's great. Before we start with her story, I will start with the cocktail that we did today, which is a twist on a, an old standard and one of my top, I would say top five cocktails, which is a black orchid. Uh, which I was introduced to via Ocean Prime many, many years ago. We did a sushi dinner that was incredible. And I have not stopped making this cocktail since. So um, it is uh, an ounce and a half of Tito's handmade vodka. Always a staple to have, you know, in your repertoire of spirits. And then we are also going to do excuse me, um, two ounces of, I use a pink cranberry juice. Um, if you can find white, I think that's the original recipe. I, I just like it with the pink and I like the flavor. I would suggest probably not a regular cranberry juice, which is a lot more tart and intense. So this is a very light expression of a cranberry juice. Anyway, all to say, um, two ounces of that. And then I did, I believe an ounce and a half or an, or two ounces of lemonade. I usually do about three quarters of an ounce of just straight lemon juice, but I had some lemonade on hand. So I did that. And then, um, a half ounce of St. Germain, which is elderflower liqueur, which I always love. You can add also a half ounce of simple syrup, which I did not this time, but that is also an option for a little bit of a sweeter expression. It is a little bit tart without it, but I still enjoy it. Anyway, you're going to shake all of that in a cocktail shaker for about 30 seconds or whatever. Just get it nice and mixed with some ice poured into a chilled coop. Um, and then this time I topped it off with some tonic water. Like I said, uh, Today, we just wanted something really light, really light, because it's kind of warm at this moment. Uh, and then I garnished it with a lemon wheel, and we both finished it. And yeah, just really, really light and tasty and delightful, just like my friend Casey, who is also delightful. And she has a heart to use her skills to better the world and the community and the things that she has been able to be participatory in have been pretty amazing. And she has, yeah, a, a, a unique position that she has been able to sit at some tables that are far beyond her, her kind of age range, but 
she has a an amazing voice to step in and to to offer gentle wisdom to um people she's helped me a little bit with center party project and then uh has a, a lot of like she said tech companies and businesses and social enterprises that she has been able to speak into with wisdom and just really cool to see her personal journey because our personal journey is our journey it bleeds into everything that we do relationships career if we're not happy in our personal lives that just has a big impact so she has really grown and it's been cool to see her step into some of those things. So I hope you enjoy this cocktail. I hope you'll enjoy this podcast and I hope you, we will see you around soon. Cheers. Hey, Casey. Hello. Hey. Welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm so excited to be here Thank with you. Thank you for being here. We're doing a little bit of day drinking on a Friday afternoon. And I'm not mad about it. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Not even one bit mad about <laughs> it. No. Um, and as it were, at the time of this recording, it is getting to be quite warm these days. Gosh. For sure. For sure. Yep. So we went with something very light, very light for a cocktail, which you're sharing with me. Cheers. Um, I wish I could cheers you properly. From super far, six feet. We are still super far away. I am still ready for this thing to be over. Mm. So good. Mm -hmm. So good. So made a little bit of a riff on a black orchid. Which, speaking of some of my favorite drinks, a Black Orchid is one of my top favorite drinks. I just could not make enough of them. So, this one is a little bit different. We did Tito's, of course, and then some lemonade instead of fresh squeezed lemon juice. And then pink cranberry juice, which is pretty delicious. I did not put any extra sweetener in there because I know... We're trying to keep it all the... Keep it light. Keep it light. <laughs> keep it light, yes. There's no simple syrup, no no nothing. But there is some elderflower liqueur, some St. Germain in there. And then mixed all of that up and topped it off with some tonic water. And then here we have... Here we are. It's delicious, you all. <laughs> you all. So good. All right. Bring it on. <laughs> so speaking of cocktails and drinks, I would love to know... I know you're not like a big drinker, but like I would love to know if you do have a cocktail that you do enjoy. Do you ever um, make any like mix anything up at home? Do you have a go-to drink? What would be, so one could be if you have any cocktails that you like, and two is maybe like, do you have a go-to drink that maybe isn't like a cocktail, but something else that you really enjoy? Yeah. A treat, if you will. For sure. So if I'm going out and drinking mm -hmm. something, I typically will get like a Moscow Mule. Mm -hmm. I am a fan Not, of those. Almost can't go wrong. Right? Like Almost very, anywhere you go. Yeah. You almost can't go wrong. Yeah, just very, you know, traditional. Uh-huh. Traditional kind of thing. If we're sitting on the coast of Italy, um Yeah, it's, it's some sort of Aperol spritz, mm -hmm. you know. Um 
anything that Dana makes. Anything. Anything. Um, That's a stretch, but. All delicious. Generous. They've all been great. That's good. Um, (laughs) And then if it's, if it's not a cocktail, it's some sort of white wine, Mm -hmm. just like light white wine from anywhere in Southern France would be, would be desirable. Yes. (laughs) Fair enough. So during these times, safely, carefully, and or before COVID times, where would be one to three places that you love to grab a drink with somebody? Or maybe you just mm-hmm. drink by yourself. So I love the guest house. Same. I'm a huge fan of the guest house. Huge fan. The, the aesthetic of it, the fact that I can sit outside, mm-hmm. I'd like to. Because um, we like to these days. Yeah, yeah, we love to. Mostly just outside places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So love the guest house. That's probably my go-to. If I'm out drinking in Orlando, that's... It's the guest house most pretty like, much. Most likely you'll find me there. Okay. Yeah. So if you need to get in, in touch with Casey after listening to this podcast, <laughs> I will be she at says the guest house. that she will most likely be at the guest house <laughs> drinking outside. Yes. What's your go-to drink there? Normally, normally white wine. Okay. Like really, just a good Chardonnay. They yeah. have those on hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. And if I'm not there, I have my own bottle of wine at a lake in Orlando somewhere. Heck yes. Having a picnic. Having a picnic. Because that's what we do. Uh, literally, <laughs> 100%. I had a picnic by myself the other a couple weeks oh. ago. Just a book, a Sunday afternoon. I brought some sweet vermouth, which is my latest obsession. It's not latest because it's almost been one year now. Because we have almost been one year in these these times. So weird. And the social distancing. The social distancing <laughs> and everything. The world went sideways. And I would like for it to go back to somewhat of normalness. I would like for hugs to be a thing. Allowed. I know. Yes. I miss hugs. I miss hugs. Amongst so many other things. Yeah. yeah. It is a loss. It is going to be interesting to see how we come out the other side of this with just, I think everyone will have kind of some level of like PTSD or some, you know, we're kind of keeping it together for the most part, but it is still affecting us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially kid, like kids growing up in, in A this. A whole year of this weird yeah. time. Yeah. God. I am not a kid, but I feel it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. So I'm excited to jump into your story with you. And uh, you're probably the youngest guest I've had on my podcast, which is wonderful. So there's still so many years of your life that you can share with us. And I would love to know kind of like where you were placed in this world. You're (laughs) dropped off into a family that you didn't choose. (laughs) None of us choose. I don't believe. And so we get... We get placed here in the universe, and then we're trying to figure it out for the rest of our lives. For sure. For sure. 
Um, what was growing up in your kind of household? Like, what were those early years like? Do you have any siblings, like your family of origin? How did that feel all those beginning years? Yeah. So I was dropped into Brandon, Florida. Brandon, Florida. Um, 26 years ago okay. now. Yes. Um, right outside of Plant City. So very just suburban. So close to the strawberries. So close to strawberries, suburban, mm -hmm. relatively country family. Okay. Um, I have an older brother that's about a year and a half older than, than I, and then a sister who's seven years younger than me. Okay. Um, and then mom and dad and... So you're a middle child. I'm a middle kid. Okay. I am that kid. You're I'm that. the one they name wine after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the middle sister. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And so growing up, I guess like some of my earliest, earliest memories of being a suburban Florida kid, um, were definitely strawberry festivals. Um, yeah. Yeah. Parents put me in dance when I was two. Two years old. Two years That's old. A thing. You that, can you can put a child into dance. Oh yes. At twenty four months. Oh yes. They make two t two twos. Two 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 t two twos. This is a thing. This <laughs> is amazing. a real life thing. Sure. Um, yeah. So grew up in the early years dancing and just. I mean, our town had a movie theater and. And a zoo and a shopping mall. Okay. And, um, that was... Very yeah, typical. That, that was childhood. Yeah. I did karate as a little kid. Um, we'll nice. get into into that. The fierce fight later on, I think. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and then really uh, the first kind of strong memory of the family was when when I was 11 my parents ended up getting divorced mm -hmm. so going into the eighth grade um we saw that division in our family and really from there it was a strong defining moment in in my childhood and mm -hmm. I think will be for the rest of life um and you kind of try to relearn as a child what is what does it mean what does family mean what is mm -hmm. Where is home? Where? What's it going to look like moving forward? Um, really, things are going to be different. Yeah, things are going to look different. And so yeah. um, that was definitely a shaking, shaking point in in the story. And um, continued dancing and continued. I have always loved learning and loved school. So, uh -huh. um, so speaking of school, yeah. what was like Casey like in like middle school? Oh my gosh. In, I was such a nerd. In high school. <laughs> I was the biggest nerd. I had really? braces. Okay. I had right? rainbow colored braces. But now you have beautiful teeth. Thank you. <laughs> did you have braces twice? I did. You did. Okay. I did. I was one of those okay. kids. Sorry, right. mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was that kid that did not wear her retainer. Okay. So I I just got out of adult braces, everyone. Um, they're not as bad as you might think. That was like a year? <laughs> a year ago. Plus ago? Yep. That, right. Okay. Right. The second round. Round two. So yeah, I had these teal blue, we'll paint the picture, teal blue and green 
glasses. Oh. Because I was blind. Okay. On top of, not actually blind, y'all, but. uh, Right. um, You needed them. I needed glasses very badly. So these square blue glasses and always I I think my textbooks I carried around weighed more than I did right um yeah and we didn't yeah we didn't really talk to I talked to my dance friends and that was that was the extent of my social interaction Ah, yeah but not at school no okay well I had dance friends at school because I went to an arts middle school you went to an arts middle school? Mm-hmm. You should have led with that. Yeah. Okay, I went to an arts middle okay. school, so that explains. That explains a lot. My middle school self. Yes. Um, yeah, I, they had, we had dancers there. I painted. Um, started. So from an early age, you kind of like felt like a creativity within you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, and your parents fostered that? My parents, my parents um, continuing to like let me let me continue dancing was a big, a big creative thing. They definitely are both STEM minded, Mm. STEM minded humans. Um, Engineer, one's an engineer, the other one's an accountant. Right. Very analytical. Very, very, very structured, um, which was the opposite of of my crazy self. (laughs) Which is fun. So how did that, did you feel like you had to be interested in more of in some of those things and more like academic things versus like being the on the creative side or did you were you genuinely interested in like you said you did love learning were you did you enjoy that or do you kind of feel like you had to play play a role of being interested in those subjects so math i loved math i was mathlete on top of being math was my hardest subject (laughs) might be still i did miscalculations the other day for real i miscalculated (laughs) things and it was bad because it was at a dinner and so i miscalculated something that i needed and thankfully i happened to have some extra of it but math was not my strong (laughs) sadly because it's so important it's but there's that tiny little bit of computing math but then there's like Math, math, mathlete. Mathlete. Yeah. Yeah. I can barely do like long division. So. Glasses, braces, and a mathlete. (laughs) We were were rocking it in the middle school. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Were you feeling good? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I remember those years being very challenging. Uh, Um, Middle school. Yeah. Just. Could not figure it out. Yeah. My brother went to the the normal, just public middle school, and I, I was bussed off to the arts middle school, and so, um, yeah. But definitely, I mean, so I loved math, but I loved creating things. I think I've always, since I was a kid, I've loved, loved creating things, exploring, like mm. discovering. I was always... We'd go on walks as a family, and when my parents couldn't find me, I was somewhere in, like, smelling flowers and, like, on a different path, always. That's a place to be. (laughs) Absolutely. So, yeah. So, how did that translate into high school? So, high school, I ended up back at our public school with with my brother. Um, I remember it being a big decision for our family whether or not I was... The arts high school was in a really bad area of town, so they didn't feel comfortable sending me there. And so I ended mm. up, um, 
I ended up at high school. It was really the first time that I felt like I had to decide between like pursuing a traditional route and being an artist hmm. um, as as a ninth grader. Um, and then, big life decisions. Yeah, and then so young the like you put the divorce on top of that, um, and so there was just a constant. Is it three days on, three days off, one day at mom's, seven days at dad's, um, like that, that kind of space. Um, I mm. actually developed since we're in Nita week right now. I actually. What's Nita week? Um, so oh, it's, no. It's for, um, it's National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Oh, currently. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so. Yeah, I developed through through that divorce. I developed a really bad eating disorder before I stepped into the ninth grade, and so that shifted a lot of things. It was just a mm. lot moving from eighth to ninth grade. Sure, um, and being very introverted, I kept most of it inside, and so I became very invested in my studies and. Um, and really just trying to find ways to cope with what was the world that was happening around me and was the kid in the back lunch table or in the library at lunch for, for a lot of high school years. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, to this day, to this day, the seventh grade was, besides 2018, uh, was like the worst year of my life. And most of middle school and then transitioning to high school is like a huge, for me, was also a, a huge transition because you're really shifting into usually a pretty, a, like a larger group of people yeah. and then you're really trying to figure out yourself and then where you're going to land and who you, you're working on, who you want to be. And there's so many different like avenues of like how you could express yourself or mm -hmm. land or, um, and then, yeah. Family dynamics is such a huge, I mean, that's what kind of shapes our world in those formative years. So you kind of seeing maybe not the healthiest of family environments, you know, trying to navigate that. Yeah. Right. On top of all the other things. All the other things. Yeah. Of going through middle school and high school years and yes yeah it's having, traumatic having a really cool big brother oh oh my brother was like the coolest at school okay he was like captain of the soccer team was leader of the band did did ever like he was did he you was, get to ride on that coattails a uh, little bit no oh no 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 not we at did, all we did not I probably could have more okay. now, now that I like kind of look back at it. But, but did you guys ha like have a peaceful relationship? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did. He was just far cooler. Okay. It's just, I could not. Did he have the wherewithal to like kind of be alongside of you in that with like social dynamics and friends? Oh, a little bit. Okay. Um, but he was... I mean, he was in high school. He was in his own kind of world with with his friends and stuff. So okay, um, we had fun. We got we got along for That's sure, which a is huge blessing. Which is a huge blessing right. compared to versus like yeah. fighting. Yeah, our family. The one thing is like the siblings got a lot closer 
when I was in high school and my little sister was, you know, like seven right. at, the, at the time. And so my brother and I took on a lot of responsibilities and, um, and that's one of the, like, I'm most grateful for the fact that like we had that time, mm. you know, there could have been a lot of bad that came out of it, but it glued us together to a point where like my sister's my best friend to this day. So, and she is your full sister. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they had her and then like pretty, pretty late after you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Some seven, yeah, seven, seven um, years. Seven years. Yep. Right. <laughs> That's a gap. And then you were in middle school when your parents split up? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in high school, did you like, did it, and it were your dance friends there at all? Did you kind of find your folks? Was it kind of a lonely experience where you like concentrated on dance slash academics? Yeah, no, I definitely, my, my dance sisters were family. Okay. We, I mean, at you that time, your tribe. Yeah, they were, we were a tribe. We had, we would have sleepovers every weekend. We, we trained six days a week. Oof. For all of high school. What so, type of dance? Everything. Tap jazz, ballet, contemporary. So you think you can dance was was coming up at that time. So contemporary became a huge, a huge thing. Uh, so we did lots of that. Okay. Um, lots of productions and, and lines and fake eyelashes and <laughs> rhinestones. Right. Um, all Like all dance moms a oh, little yeah. bit? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. That was crazy. Um, Cause in we were from life? a small, a small town, but right. we would, we would all meet in Lakeland, all the people from Orlando and uh-huh. Miami. And then our, our town would, would meet and compete together in Lakeland. Um, and you'd really see what, what the dance mom like with the whole the whole world look like that's a whole world it's a whole it's a whole mood e6000 and and rhinestones was was it's what e6000 it was what's this, that this glue oh. that we would use to to like bedazzle our costumes <laughs> fair enough um so yeah i loved I, my my dance sisters were i mean we did life together right it's like like any sport um so they so were you fun. found your mates yeah. that you used to have, right? Yeah, I found my people. Um, definitely found my people. Found found our unit. How um, are you feeling towards the like graduating high school? I remember feeling pretty pretty set. So junior year, I things things kind of started clicking. I had I had a best friend that named Drew that was just one of those people that you like carry on your side at all times. Cause they just like hype you up and, okay. um, and push you into places that you don't necessarily want to go. And so it came down to homecoming court time. It came down to national honor society and he would just give me that extra kick and say, she, she wants to run <laughs> when I never actually run, wanted to run. And, um, and so he really, I, really have to thank him a lot for just continuing to like push me, push me forward. But, 
um, was able to find through dance, we, we would do a lot of work with like assisted living facilities and children oh. with special needs. And so we did a lot of like community service related stuff. And sure. I really found my heart for um, like serving, serving the world and this like activist, the activist part of me got mm -hmm. to start coming to life and talking about the things that she cared about. And um, so the end of high school was, was exciting because it felt like an opportunity to branch out from mm. what I knew and um, really figure out where, where I was supposed to plant in the world. Right. Yeah. So then you ended up planting yourself after high school at UCF. Go Knights. Go Knights. Yep. All right. Sorry, John. <laughs> so what was your, I know that your college years were filled with a lot of things. Lots of things. Lots of things. <laughs> Tell me about your experience right here in Central Florida. Oh my goodness. Yes. College was, I mean, so, so many things. I don't know how I did all the things in college, but. I jumped in. I was going to go to school for neuroscience. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's probably where some of that math comes in. Right. Yeah. You have to be pretty strong in that to for sure. open someone's brain. Yeah. Um, ended up, ended up um, in a leadership program at UCF called Lee Scholars. And again, that like heart for serving the world came back up. And I was like, I... I need to, I need to go around the world. It's like, I, I need to go out there. So I jumped into UCF's volunteer programs and ended up in the DR and Guatemala and then, and in China. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I was on, I was on hip hop team. At, I ran hip hop team at UCF. Very cool. Um, I hadn't done hip hop until I walked into the doors of UCF. Oh. Um, so that was a new, that was a college development. Um, and it was really on, on the mission trip. Um, the first one I went on to Guatemala, I saw the kids running around in these, in these shoes and they were all wearing matching shoes. And I figured out that they were Tom's. Okay. Right. So I, at that point I was studying psychology and I remember coming back from that trip, going to my advisor's office and saying, I this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to get a business degree. I'm supposed to start a company oh. like Tom's. Um, okay. So that day I switched my major to finance. Um, and you could not pay me enough money. <laughs> To study finance. Oh my I gosh. Like, I loved I I'm loved so it. glad. <laughs> You're great at it. Oh. I am not. <laughs> so much fun. Um, so much fun. So much fun. Wow. It's so much fun. It's gonna be like the tagline for this podcast. Finance. So, so much, much fun. fun. <laughs> in between that, I was I'm like so an engineer. For you or for somebody. It was way better than engineering. Because we need is like, we need these people. I also studied that for like a semester and built like a bobot thing. I don't know. I took like one semester of coding and okay. finance sounded better than that. So fair enough. I was the, that's like the notorious thing in college. Like you, you walk across the hall when you've, when you've flunked out of engineering and you become a business major. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep. It's like my first failure in life. Right. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that really studying finance, I never, I ne- never really cared about the stock markets. I cared more about how do you convince wealthy people to do better things with their money, mm. um, which turned into a lot of the work that I've gotten to do in Central Florida, which has been um, helping scale tech companies, mm-hmm. um, really helping them get ready to talk to investors about all things <sighs> growth mm-hmm. and and convincing them to invest in, in their ideas. And um, I did an internship with the Central Florida Commission on Homelessness and really got to see how how we fund homelessness in our city. And um, so it ended up in a lot of roles that involved strategically using money to make an impact. impact yeah. Yeah. Which yes. is really where where my heart where my heart is. Right. Yeah. That's a beautiful place for it to be. Now the word on the street is that you graduated ECF with honors. Yes. <laughs> How honors? I can say it or you can say it. It's going to happen. So it's really up to you. Um, so I graduated in the order of Pegasus. Okay. Which means that you are one of about 20 top students at the university, um, hand-selected by the office of the president to be inducted into this order. And then basically it's like you did everything, leadership, research, service, grade wise. And so out of like 20 out of what we're talking, like 50,000 students, 62,000 students. Yeah. So So 20 is like less than a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So that, that year two two business students ended up getting, getting into the order. So if you go to the the union, like our, our pictures are up on the wall and stuff. It's very famous. famous. It's it's very, it's very strange. Okay. um, Yeah. So that, that was a thing. That was a thing. Yeah. Did you give like a, a speech to your classmates? (laughs) I feel like (laughs) it's like speech. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, we didn't have to do that. I did sit next to like you sat on stage at graduation, which was wild. Right. Yeah. I have been Very to wild. a UCF graduation and it's obviously ginormous and we're in like the nosebleeds. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. it's, it's it's really out of out. It's it's an, was an out of this world experience um, for sure. And yeah, I didn't really didn't really do a speech about it, but they they did some articles and stuff on it. Okay. And, um, really, I we got to sat, sit down with um, like the selections committee, right, and um, really talk to them about why we were chosen and what it meant. Because it was more than just like getting a four It was um, it was all of the extra stuff and, right. and involvement and. Um, so that was probably the coolest experience of it is just sitting down and really having people share with you, like 
what your walk did while you were at the university for four years. Cause I think sometimes we can just kind of trailblaze through and we have our intentions and mm-hmm. we know we're doing good, but um, for people to look back and say, oh, this moment, it ended up being like a lot of moments that built up to that that induction mm-hmm. um, that really made made for the experience. So I think it's the first time that it was like this isn't about your achievements. It's about it's about the the moments that you you had while you were here, um, which was a perspective shift for me mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, that happened. That happened. That was a thing. Yeah. How did you? How do you think you UCF like launched you into your career? And what kind of came next in those? career steps oh my goodness yes in so many i mean ucf shaped shaped who i was Mm. really um we got a new dean before i walked into the business school and he did an entire reorg and invited the students along the way so as a sophomore i got to sit firsthand at the rebuilding of a culture of of a huge business school and what that looked like um like he really instilled entrepreneurship and innovation in us Mm -hmm. we got to serve the office of the president for a couple years um make really great friends go on abroad trips and some of them were so sporadic and um but those trips really, really gave me eyes for the world. And so in, in so many ways, um, it really, it really showed me what I cared about, Mm -hmm. um, and gave me mentors that I still talk to, to today, um, that are still checking in. We still get coffee every month and get to sit down and talk about the journey and, Um, And then, of course, like UCF is very heavily integrated into the incubator that I was at downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, UCF launches a lot of talent and a lot of a lot of resources and threads Ah, into Orlando. And so that ended up being how really how my career got started here was was this person knows this person. Sure. You're involved in this organization and let's let's plant you here. Right. Um, so, so UCF was, was incredible and I'm, yeah, I'm so glad that I chose, chose to go there and, um, yeah, I recommend it. I love it when people are like, I want to send my kid there. Can you give them a tour? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Let me know when. You're an ambassador. So as you may know, or may not know at all, cocktails are kind of my thing. At the end of a long day, or any day really, crafting a drink, whether it's simple or more complex, I really look forward to a delicious cocktail. Plus it makes all conversations better. Tito's Handmade Vodka is always a go-to for me. It's the perfect thing to have on hand to make just about any cocktail. That is what I love about Tito's. It's so versatile. Anything from a Moscow mule to an elderflower martini to a white Russian. Plus, Tito's Handmade Vodka has won a million awards, but for real. It's been distilled six times and won the SF World Spirit Championship. So the next time you are looking for an incredibly drinkable cocktail, pick up some Tito's Handmade Vodka. Plus, you should head over to titosvodka.com. 
Brown to read up more about their story and pick up some delightful recipes. So from UCF, you, what was like, you ended up landing at some point at this charter studio. Mm -hmm. Did you land there from graduating or like from, from UCF? Okay. No. Right. That year after graduation was a fun one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So graduated uh, where I did, I wanted to work in sustainable finance. So the, the dream at that point was to either like launch a global nonprofit or work for Morgan Stanley in sustainable investing. I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the market was just coming into being for sustainable investing. And so mm-hmm. it's a lot of C-suite. So I would send out emails and say, I will be your executive assistant. Just give me a seat at the table. So this is like 2012? 2016. Oh, 16. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. In 16. Okay. Sure. Yes. Um, um, yeah. That makes sense. 16. And so I, the one thing I would not do, I remember is I would not work, go to work for a bank, um, because, or any institution that was, that wasn't doing money sustainably because I couldn't, Mm. I couldn't put it past my heart to, and my values to do that. Um, and so I ended up going, going back home and my parents had a construction company. And so I stepped into a role in their, in their finance space there and spent, the next couple months um, applying for grad school. Okay. Yeah. So I was gonna jump into grad school, get a master's in public policy, and then move forward from there. Um, yeah, so within that year, um, family turmoil strikes again. Mm-hmm. Um, ends up, end up leaving Tampa, and that's when the backpacking trip abroad happened Mm -hmm. um so spent three and a half months yeah um backpacking all over europe um came back was supposed to start grad school i did for a week at ucf at ucf okay um and at that point was after traveling abroad was just at a really low point in in my life Mm -hmm. mentally Mm -hmm. and yeah, I ended up leaving after a week on drop ad day. Okay. Yeah. Um, joining the team of a startup and after the startup kind of like fizzled out, um, one of the women that worked at Canvas at the time, um, a starter studio, knew that I had a heart for women and like inner city innovation mm-hmm. um, and finance. And she said, hey, we have a part-time spot on the team. Do you want to join? And I said, yes. So that was the journey. Okay. It was a long journey. Sure. <laughs> and so your journey has led to what you're doing currently. Yes. Which could you just share like kind of all the endeavors that you're a part of <laughs> in this moment? Oh, it's so funny. Dana's career wise. Dana's heard about all of my many endeavors. Yeah. There's always lots. Um, so for starters, because I'm most excited about it, mm-hmm. just authored a children's book. Yes. About imagination and joy. Mm-hmm. That disruptive was a, joy. Disruptive joy. Yeah. Um, I am author Casey. Right. Wild. Um currently the community manager at Credo Conduit, mm-hmm. where my job is to make friends 
with people, which yes. is just amazing. Um, and then it's like my dream job. I it's sometimes barista at Credo, right? Which is incredible. Um, continuing to write and then just help nonprofits and entrepreneurs with with scaling mm. and growth um, with with a finance focus. Sure. Um, so yeah, those are those are all of. And them. how do you sometimes help people that are in the nonprofit world? Yeah, for sure. So what's the fundraising strategies? Okay. Um, ops, like operational strategy, um, or like impact analysis. Mm. Like how do we let our funders know that we're that we're doing good? Right. Yeah. Um, and when we're almost out of money, how do we reimagine where we're going? Um, so I love all things imagination and innovation. Sure. Um, like when, when you're stuck, there's always a dream that can, that can get you out. Um, oh, that's good. I need to remember that <laughs> when you're stuck, there's always a dream that can get you out of it. What is an organ? Do you have an organization that you do any of this through? That starts with an R and ends with a Y. Rally. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, so I was I was helping Rally out as a volunteer. Okay. Um, doing impact stuff when that was that was um, right when I grad about a year after I graduated. Um, so Ben Ben came and did a talk about social entrepreneurship at UCF when I was a student there and. I put on my Instagram, I'm going to work for this guy one day and I do now. So, (laughs) which is super exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then team is expanding right now. So news coming soon. (laughs) Sure. Um, yeah, I love having some of those technical skills and then with also the heart of being able to improve the world that we're in. And so like, how do we, we need, you know, we need so many, like when I was young, I did a lot of traveling and kind of mission stuff, but it was kind of like passing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I was like, this is great and helpful. And it, it fits this immediate need right here, but there's so many needs to be able to build sustainable, thriving communities. Um, and economies are just the biggest part of it, right? And so having people that can have that specific skill set to lend to lend, you know, neighborhoods and communities and all of us. I mean, we all need financial um, knowledge and help. (laughs) Me, (laughs) I literally could not be bought. I just, yeah, that's not where my brain lands, but, um, yeah, I value so much of kind of what you do in the community and who you are and how you're, integrity leads the way and the ways that you you know wrestle with what is right and then going forward and you know hopefully doing that nothing is fail proof nothing is i mean we're gonna make mistakes along the way but trying to at least find the best way to offer ourselves and meeting people's needs and moving forward in that yeah in in the kind and gracious way yeah yeah so i appreciate you and what you do in that way you. around town. Thank you. So it's as we land into our adult lives and we make decisions <laughs> and it brings us through, um, has there ever been a time in your life that 
has been like a challenging time or like a devastating time that you kind of felt like you met, you, you experienced, and maybe you came out the other side with some knowledge or an understanding about life. Absolutely. Right. Right. Let's like normalize some, some weird things in, in life that happen. So nobody gets, nobody gets to get a jail free card. Yeah. Pain and loss. But it's like, how, how can we like, even as you're saying, like I tried something, I thought I was going to go to grad school and that really didn't work out. Or I thought I was going to work for my family's family or my family's business. And sometimes it's, not what we think it's going to be or life gives us something that we did not expect. And then how do we yeah, sit with that and move through that and come out on with, the, on the other side with hope on the other side with hope. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. That's, empathy. that's the challenge for sure. But yeah. So that year after, after college was nothing that I would have expected. Mm-hmm. I was the Harvard bound PhD student that, like that's who I was in the people's eyes and um, give the people what they want, Casey. Right. right. Like I can't, like it just got to the point Uh where I was running, like I had no stamina left Mm -hmm. and um, the, the divorce um, as a child and the second one as an, as an adult um, mom ended up getting divorced again when I, um, when I had just graduated college and, Really, I mean, that year after, life did not look like what I expected it to. And I was very disappointed in myself and thought that I, that it was all my fault and which some of it was for sure. Um, But yeah, it was really, just really, really hard. Very dark. It was a very dark point in my Mm -hmm. life. Um, Wanted to, if I'm being honest, wanted to give up on several occasions. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up having an amazing friend after what I say is really screwing up m- lots of things. Um, just invited me uh, to church one day and I walked in. It had been like a decade since I had went to church and uh, got saved that Sunday. Hmm. Um, and I wish I could say the journey was was easy after that, but um, sure. which I think a lot of people think that it may be, but really walk through two more years of really great on the outside, but feeling really funky on the inside mm-hmm. um, and trying to sort through and wrestle through stuff on the inside. And that's um, yeah. you know, part of life. Life, too, right? right? Like so much of that's life. Okay. This episode of Cocktails in Conversation is brought to you by The Dinner Party Project. The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties, so if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area and haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? 
We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. And, um, yeah, really, I mean, leaning into, I think the biggest, the biggest switch was, wait a second, I've seen this God, God that I believe in show up before. Why do I not believe, why do I not believe that he'll show up again? Um, and really making the switch mentally to start like, okay, I saw him provide a year ago. Mm-hmm. And he, that same guy also says that he, he is, gives us the gift of joy. He gives us a, this amazing life. He gives us dreams. He gives us the ability to imagine. And, um, and, and I realized that I didn't believe in those, those parts of it. And so, um, had a really like radical experience in 2019, um, where, um, I had people start telling me like, these are the, these are the things we see for your life. And they were the old dreams that I had when I was a kid. And when I, uh, when I was in college to really like fight for women and, and dance and write Mm -hmm. and really lean back into like those creative things. And I, and I felt like someone had like handed me like a gift of my dreams back. Um, and in that, in that place that I was in where I really couldn't see for like, I really couldn't see tomorrow and I didn't want to for a long time. And that was really, that was a hard place. You're just kind of like, I'm here, I'm surviving. Yeah. I'm, and I'm done. Yeah. Like, and I'm really done with, right. with like all the, all, all the door, all the trap doors opening up. Right. Um, I'm really done with it. And then in one, in like a couple days, these people were just handing me like one by one, handing me back my dreams. And, um, I remember that like going to have dinner with my mom after it and just looking at her and saying, mom, I, I wanted to wake up today. Like I, it was like, I was like, the sense of life was like revived. Mm-hmm. Like I had figured out what I was, my eyes, it wasn't even that I like figured it out. It was just that my eyes were open to right. like why I was put on the planet. And, um, and so just spent a year and I was, when people asked me what I was doing, I was like, I'm finding joy. This, this is what I'm doing. Like, don't ask me what business I'm running. Right. Don't ask me where I live. Don't, don't ask me anything. Like, and if you do, your response will be, I'm finding joy. Right. Um, and yeah, so that was, I mean, really, really going on that journey of, and we all have like our, our own life life journeys of, you know, being pulled from, pulled from the valley. And, um, but for me, that was, that was my, my way of finding, finding the light was, Mm. you know, I had a great friend that pointed me to Jesus and amazing people around me that consistently pointed me back there Mm. and, um, choosing in, to joy every day. It's like choosing any other in. habit. Like yeah. you have to choose. That is the key. Choose in to life. Mm-hmm. Choose into life. Yeah. Because life will come at you no matter what. And so the reality is, you know, as much as we can to 
to find those. And then, you know, obviously to sit in the sadness and yeah. grief and not pretend because we can hold joy mm-hmm. and sadness together, right? Yeah. They're not um, exclusive to one another. So it is like fighting even through the darkness to find the joy. Right. And, and the, the hope. Like hope isn't always happiness, like equivalent to that. Right. Right. Hope is just believing that there could be a better day. There's a better day ahead, right? right? And like for us in this season, it's so, yeah. so important for us to like remember that too. It's like, who knows what tomorrow is going to look like, but, right. but I have hope that there's right. there's a better, even yeah. better moment like even in this day happening. Versus like, like yeah. Yeah. She's like, so speaking of joy and things that are beautiful, um, has there been something in your life that you felt like I'm really proud of? Like I've worked really hard for this. I've um, seen something that I am, am glad that came out of a situation, like something that you have been proud of in your adult life. Speaking of joy. Um, yes, this children's book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about her. Um, Joy, it's so, it's so funny how God uses everything. So I, I feel like this book was God's answer to my prayers about finding Joy. Like I literally found her in the pages of this book in this like little Writing kid's it. character. Um, and just leaning into, I have a mild control thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that just, later, y'all. Right. But uh, <laughs> there's a reason just, why right. why our GPA did not drop below, below 4.0. Right. So writing something and just holding it with open hands and watching it mm. get on stores at bookshelves and under Christmas trees was... That process yeah. of not having of not having control over the process and letting it be is something that I'm really proud of because <laughs> it was next to impossible um, for for me for the rest of my life to just rest in sure in he says he's got it like um, all you have to do is give it give it what you have and then the rest is the rest is in in his hands. Um, so that, and then I would, I would say my fam, the current state of my family right now, mm. um, really something you're proud of. Yeah. I mean, it's, I would say about, about a year ago, I really leaned into the fight for, to mm. see restoration in my immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was, it's always been a dream of mine to have the generations, um, represented and get to do holidays together and, so choosing into we're we're gonna fight this thing right. and we're gonna y'all we're gonna have hard conversations. That's the deepest relationship, right? I mean, those are the deepest like heartstrings, the deepest things that motivate us and that heal us and wound us. It's like oh our, yeah, and a nuclear family. Yeah. Ooh. So the the I'm nuclear so family, the fact that we every month now there's a, at least one dinner with siblings and mom yeah. and one with siblings and dad is. Unheard, like we have group chats now. We have, um, I mean, it really just, I would have never expected it, but the having space in 2020 mm-hmm. and choosing, 
choosing to work less hours than I ever have in my life yeah. for the sake of having more hours to... That's a game changer, right? To spend with family. Yeah. Like no one, no one tells you growing up that that's like an okay thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. But, but relationships are what, what lasts forever. So that's where, Absolutely. that's where I'm putting my, my time investment. And so switching that mindset and just leaning into it, the the it feels like the support network that I have is so much stronger and that some of those some of those dreams that you might kind of forget about Mm -hmm. um because they're not launching a 10x business or whatever um like got to sit got a front row seat this past year and with your family yeah growth and restoration just to see it and to know that those are like all that investment is like me- is memories for years to come, and mm-hmm. so long lasting investment. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that That's can't like, be replaced with anything else because that like impacts how we live and breathe and do life. And yeah, yeah, it's so impactful of our everyday kind of also happiness and joy. Yeah, is all those levels of family, familiar, yeah, relationship, which is not we don't take that for granted because they can they really can go sideways easily. And then mm-hmm. they can also take a lot of hard work and humility to go, oh, yeah. get back <laughs> oh, yeah. in places. Lots um, of, I know I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> Lots of forgiveness. Um, oh, yeah. It's really, t- that's really tough. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing your story yeah. and all those good and tough bits and all the things. All the nuggets, there's so much hope. Like, so we're going to move on to one of my favorite topics, which is the Enneagram, which you are familiar with. And we've had many talks over (laughs) several years about this. Um, And it is so miraculous how it kind of helps me to also know my friends better and to be able to see the places that you're coming from without kind of having to start from ground zero, right? So it's kind of this framework that you're not bound to and that you're not in a box with, with the Enneagram, but it does give you the language of some aspects of like how we're built intrinsically. Yeah. Right. And those things manifest in different ways for different people. And we communicate differently and we have different love languages and we have different ways of um are different I think obviously levels of Mm self-awareness and so that was a game changer for me is knowing how we operate in in a space and then understanding how other people operate so (laughs) sometimes it's not out of a malicious intent it's like this is how they were built and maybe they have a blind spot here or maybe I have a blind spot over there yeah um but would you like to share with us your the Enneagram that you feel like you kind of identify with? So if you haven't guessed yet, I'm a one. one. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, the reformer. Uh-huh. Would you say that you n- know your wing? I think I think it's more of a two. More of a two. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. 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 The helper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I I think I fight too hard to, to be a nine. 
<laughs> to leading to peace. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but peacekeeping can also come with some bumps. Yeah. Because you also know that. And I'm a wing nine, but that doesn't mean that I can't. I mean, I'm also I'm right. an eight primarily, but wing nine in that in that um, having the awareness of like what will keep the peace, and then sometimes you know there's a difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Yeah, right. That's good. Yeah. So all that to say, right? But I I do think how I see you show up in the world is with the two the helper desire to bring um, support and and help and whatever people need to flourish in whatever they're doing. So the reformer is no one is very principled. <laughs> very. <laughs> very. Very particular. Right. Even in your food choices. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. I think Dana for How many things being have I my made? friend. <laughs> After all of these years. Oh, I have man. made you many dishes. Wow. That you. I know. Or maybe a little too adventurous. Wow. For Casey's palate. She's not lying. <laughs> so food, yes, of course, is one interesting topic. <laughs> so what was your first dinner party? It was the tribe dinner. The tribe dinner. The tribe dinner. Yeah. Yeah, here. Yeah. In this in this home. In this home. Yes. Sitting close together. And uh-huh. And so you were able to eat some of that? Oh yeah. Or was it too? It was just a lot. It was a lot. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I made a friend that got it. <laughs> That's good. That's the name of the game. With dinners. That oh, is the name. Always, it's always so good. Mm-hmm. So in your um, learning about the Enneagram, how kind of do you feel like learning about that has like impacted your professional and your personal life? Or has it? It made it okay for me to be me. Mm, That's so good. And made me really aware of how I function and that, the people really, like you said, the people around me don't function the same way as me. Right. So when I am disrupted that things aren't better than they could be, um, it's not a, it's everyone around me's problem. It's a, Oh, wait a second. I see how this could be better. And so maybe, maybe it's just that you're uniquely gifted to be the one that has eyes to see how to make this better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big thing for me because I used to get so frustrated that it would feel like everyone around me was doing nothing less than par work. <laughs> and, but in reality, that was uh. their, that was their best. Like they, they served with all they had. They, they, studied and mm-hmm. brought forth information with everything that they had. And because the system wasn't working, um, whether it be like a macro system of, of finance or a mini system of like my nuclear family, mm-hmm. I, it, it used to like build up this righteous anger inside of me mm-hmm. and I didn't know what, I didn't know how to feel it. So learning that I was a one allowed me to see that, wait a second, I, I might get called into some spaces to solely make make things better. 
Um, and so not trying to, not trying to be all, all of the rest of the roles and functions when, when they, people don't need me to, to be that. Like I can right. double down on being, being the best reformer. Um, and it also really, really showed me that probably traditional things are not going to are not going to bring like me, big establishments bring me life yeah okay um so working the nine to five and building my way up the corporate ladder mm. um like i thought i maybe would in college is not it's not what brings me life but fight like fighting for justice in the world and seeing seeing all of all the people in the world like get to get to dream and like going after causes like that when I wake up in the morning mm -hmm. um, really brings me life. And so seeing, okay, wait a second. This is how it was built. Like stop trying to fight. Stop, stop trying to fight how your design. Right. And like lean into just like rest in right. how, how the creator created you. <laughs> yeah. It's so wild. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway. What are some of the things that, um, so with like the ones in my life, you know, kind of like understanding that sometimes they can be very, um, you know, kind of set in their ways. And obviously integrity is one of the things that I like honor and value the most because mm -hmm. it's, you know, hopefully none of us have the corner on truth, right? Like we're always trying right. to figure out what that <laughs> is. Um, but they value that so intensely. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that can get very um, controlling, right? Because right? if like right or wrong, they want to be, they want to be on the right side or wrong. Like, there's no gray. Yeah. It's black or white. It's black or white. Black or white. <laughs> there is no discussion on what could be in the in the middle grounds, and and we need we need both of those, right? We right. need some artists, and you also have that creative side too, and we need some people to to challenge our perspectives, and and then uh, we also need people that yeah that champion justice and champion truth uh, as much as we know it or can com comprehend it but uh, can also kind of lean into the side of um, not like legalism but but <laughs> but legalism but, but um and so with the grace that we get to offer ourselves yeah. and then like how like for ones like how 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 has it been to find grace for other people and find grace for yourselves because we don't live in a perfect world and we'll never we'll never get there right so it's kind of easy to not be satisfied ever yeah um maybe in in that position for a one but then you but like you said it's like showing up and choosing joy mm -hmm. it's like that's the end goal and I am built this way, so I need to give into that and listen to my body and listen to my heart and my brain. And I need to function in that. And then it's also kind of, like I said, kind of like, how, how do you find the grace for yourself and others? For sure. In yeah. In spaces. Uh, yeah. As you were sharing that, the word grace just like kept coming up in my brain. Um, and that's really been the hardest thing about being like recognizing yourself as as being a one and 
really it's what I found was that because I wasn't extending grace to myself, like I wasn't accepting grace, Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to give grace. And so it was this whole, and it's still this ongoing battle of, of giving myself grace and how, what does that look like? And some days it looks like we're going to take, we're going to take a day. Like we're not, you're going to not open your laptop today and you're going to, and you're just going to take your journal to a park and you're going to write down every good thing you did this week. Like, (laughs) and then, and then, and then just journal, like, and allow yourself to allow yourself to recognize, recognize good Mm -hmm. because so often we see when we, when we want to see the hope, we see what's not hope. Right. Instead of seeing what's hope. So it's like retraining really you where can I see s- all that's not right. Yeah. And so it's really hard to like see what's and right. Celebrate the goodness yeah. and the and beauty. And celebrate. <laughs> and to celebrate. Like right. so intentionally choosing into celebration mm. um, has been something I've had to like work on for the last I've really like just started working on for the last year. Yeah. Of like, okay. No, no, no. We're going to pause. We're going to celebrate that we've wrote one page. Like we're going to celebrate that we're like, we're here and we made it through a great week. Um, we're going to celebrate when we have a restorative conversation. We're going to celebrate when it's our birthday. Like mm-hmm. just, just looking for those moments and like, what are, what friends can I champion? Mm-hmm. Like instead of, instead of looking at what's not in my relationships, um, with my family, what is right. And like, um, and that's just, it's, it's a habit. And, and then it becomes, then it becomes routine and it becomes part of your flow. And, um, but definitely I'm still in the habit formation part of, of that journey of celebration and seeing the good intentionally choosing, to see the good. And sometimes that takes work. Yeah. 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 Sometimes. Some sometimes people. people are really hard to love. Most of the time I'm very hard to love. True <laughs> <laughs> words have never been spoken like, of the world. Like yes, Bob, Bob Goff has like mm-hmm. a goal in his in his book. Um and he was like, My goal is to love the hardest people to love. Oof. My God, like right. That's a God challenge. That like I, he goes and talks to like war leaders around the world, uh-huh. and and like loves his mission is to love them. Right. And I'm like, I admire you, sir. <laughs> the humanity in us all, yeah, is real. That's a whole rabbit hole. Yeah. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I think that there is more of more of that that could be spread around, like forbearance and patience and kindness oh, yeah. and forgiveness. <laughs> uh, I yeah, it's there, it's not easy. Humility is not easy and not easy for me. Um, but we do see beautiful, redemptive things when we act in those ways. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we're further along sometimes we're not further along so oh, right and we give ourselves grace yeah yeah we give yeah it, yeah and what and what we freely receive right there's like something that is like a verse about it you freely receive and you freely give give mm-hmm. right and so it's like what i realized is that i wasn't freely receiving like a lot of these things right a lot of grace the love the patience like 
God, thank you for being patient with me because I know <laughs> no been a pain in the butt right. <laughs> for, <laughs> for some time now. Um, and so not allowing yourself to receive that. I mean, what do mm. you what what are you giving from really? Right. Um, and realizing that it's like, OK, all right, let me try. Let me try to, like, open the open my heart to receive these things. <laughs> so yourself being in, you know, that you've had uh, seasons of leadership and or seeing leadership, you know, just around town or in life in general. Um, how do you kind of feel like the Enneagram would be something that could impact people's leadership? So we actually just went through this, the Enneagram as like a whole staff in this church program I'm in right now. Okay. Uh, so they had us, they, they paid for everyone to take the test. And then uh, we got into small groups and discussed how, how it's going to impact teams moving forward. And okay. so I think it's a incredibly useful tool, probably one of my favorite tools to see teams use because mm -hmm. it goes beyond, it goes beyond just what we do and, and really dives into who we are. And so we're at a point in our world right now where it, it can't just be about what we, about our product anymore. Mm -hmm. And it never should have been. It, um, it needs to start being about the whole human and you've kind of seen people in, lean into well why you know why are you doing this thing mm -hmm. but then beyond the why is how like how you were made affects why you want to do things um and so the enneagram like allows allows people to really understand like how they were made outside of their outside of their work product mm -hmm. um and so I've watched it work wonders for, for our teams, mm. um, in the church space. And it would be so cool to start seeing businesses see it and really beyond like the traditional roles of, you know, you're a marketing manager, you're mm. a, you're the financial analyst. Well, maybe we need to redefine what some of these titles are um and maybe how we work yeah because we work can work very differently right and like do we need to have a meeting a meeting set up for all of our eights to come together and build like a really strong argument around something we need to step into um a really challenging compelling case like do we need can we like invite some fives into more like research because they love it so much. Mm -hmm. And like, um, and it really allows, I think if more leaders start using it, it's going to just enhance like cross-functional teams, which has been a big thing in the marketplace. Probably like human happiness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like let people be who they operate are. in, in who they are mm -hmm. and double and down on their strengths. Like this box. Right. And I think yeah. even 2020 with we're working remotely and working in ways that we maybe never thought would be possible. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have taken to that kindly and like they're operating in the ways that work for them. And it doesn't have to be like in an office box for eight to 10 hours a day right. and how much that impacts 
that can impact their happiness and then that would impact like people producing more or doing a better job at their job or wanting to stay in their job longer. Yeah. You know, like, or if someone is a, a micromanager, you know, like, or if they need more autonomy, you know, there can still be the end result can be produced, but it can get there in like very different ways. Cause we're just different yeah. humans. Right. And it's understanding, I think the beauty of the diversity and then, as much as you can for a company or even a bigger company to say like, okay, like how can I help you to do your best work mm-hmm. and support you and understand, you know, it might not be like carte blanche that you can do whatever the heck you want to, right. but it could maybe have some more freedoms in there um, to, to make you enjoy your job better. Yeah. In the world will be better place <laughs> and to under, understand one Mental another health will be better better yeah 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 so really crazy. just across across the board it's and i think sometimes we we think that because we're so invested in it that a lot of people know about it and which i found was really is not the case like probably one in one in five, which is a lot of oh, people I talk to are like, oh, that. yeah, the Enneagram. Yeah. But like not even that sometimes. Know, right? And it's and it's crazy because we I mean, I feel like it's it's in my conversations consistently. Mm-hmm. But um, those are the little circles that we run in. Right. Right. So it's like, how can we talk about this resource more? Like everyone for when we were in college, it was the Myers-Briggs. Sure. I'm right. also very into Myers-Briggs as right? well. Which is great. Yes. Another great resource. Mm-hmm. But all of them coupled together is like, okay, I'm slowly beginning to understand. Like I'm getting an inkling into who, who I am as being. Yes. Which is like a lifelong yeah. journey of discovery. And so, yeah, really just continuing to talk about it in mm-hmm. the way that's like, yeah, you should check it out. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know what your number is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to head into the final topic, which is also my favorite. Um, <laughs> and speaking of mental health, uh, it's very vital to mental health, which is rest. Yes. And so uh, I don't think it's something we talk about enough or do enough or put enough importance on is, you know, rest, which could mean a variety of different things, you know, play, discovery, physical rest. Um, so for ones, I'm sure that could, could quite possibly be (laughs) a little bit more of a challenging aspect of your life. Maybe it's not, but for you, what are some of the things like practices, um, that you've adopted to kind of step back from the world, renew, discover, rest so that you can offer your best self to the world? Rest. Rest. Are you familiar with the term? Um, I mm-hmm. might need a definition. <laughs> I might need to phone a friend. Right. <laughs> no, really. Starting at the end of 2019, I felt like I was being called into a season of rest. And well, surprise. <laughs> boom, here we are. Then then COVID strikes and everyone is... Mandatory. Is It's mandatory. And... So some of the some of the practices I adopted along the way um, was taking a day to Sabbath. So mm-hmm. there's a long thread of 2020 when mm-hmm. Saturday was totally blocked out as pink on my calendar, and sure. it, the phone went off. I have to turn my phone on silent if I'm going into a period of rest um, because 
yeah, I just, it's just what I have to do right now. If someone, if someone needs me, I'm like, what do you need? <laughs> um, so I just straight turn it off yeah. and I go to the lake. Um, one of the lakes in Orlando, I love craft azalea and I would just sit out there with my notebook and, mm-hmm. and just write. Mm-hmm. And so writing is, is rest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, going on long walks, um, yeah, like nothing better than long yeah. walks in same here at desk for me. Oh yeah. Like the sun is setting. Yeah. Really any time of day. I could do multiple. Um, we're getting into a season of, of hot wit in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. But to... at nighttime it's still somewhat like agreeable. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. So those, those things, I think there's also been a lot of like resting in, in a, in a wider sense, resting in what is. Like, like mentally, yeah, like heart, mentally, heart wise, yeah. Like this is, like checking in mm-hmm. with myself. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we? How are we doing right now? Okay, what is good? Let's let's find a couple of things around us that are good, that are really good, and just sitting in Fixating that, on that, and then also allowing myself time to sit in. Hey, what's not? What, what's not sitting right right now and like let's let let's give ourselves some time to like sit in sit in the hard stuff mm-hmm. too and not like blaze blaze past over it yeah blaze it straight over it mm-hmm. and like resting has like brought on like some grieving in this last year uh-huh. and letting myself yeah like be a human and Feel. and have that like emotion uh-huh. of, of like grief and um, sitting in it and sitting in it Which and is. not moving out of it and yeah that Super was a weird great. that was a weird thing uh-huh. like <laughs> um but I'm so grateful I'm so grateful for it um because I think so like at least I can jump to well what's the answer or like yeah. what's the right thing and sometimes there's just not you're not going to, you're not going to know, like, you're not going to get that answer. And so, um, really finding peace and mm-hmm. like finding inner peace. Um, yeah. Spending a lot of time in silence and yeah, rest, rest was a big, and sometimes it takes, for me, it took choosing into working part-time instead of full-time to actually discover what the practice of rest mm-hmm looked like which I didn't like either I went into it kicking and screaming so let me not even <laughs> let me not even try to oh yeah I worked for a time like no no no, no. I was I was like what what else can I pick up yeah and I just really That's felt like to lay, to lay that down to lay it down and you like choose to live within your means right time yeah in this time yeah and the, the benefits have been yeah pretty great there have been times of you know, there's times of great speed and then there's times of, of, of just, of just resting and mm-hmm. resting in that and thinking about, I mean, there's different seasons of, of our life that we go through and just re- really realizing I haven't done a season, even when I was in, in Europe backpacking, like a lot of people were like, that's, that was your season of rest. And Mm-hmm. But um, in my spirit, though, my spirit was totally at disease. And so when your spirit's at, like, 
when your spirit's not resting, you physically aren't resting. Like when your mind isn't, isn't resting, which is like a big thing with mental health is your mind's constantly going. Yeah. Um, that's not like, yeah, you might be physically laying down, but you weren't resting. And so learning, having to learn that and, Mm -hmm. and the world is always going to say things like they're always going to look and never have something to say. Right. right? And so just you finding your, your center. Yeah. Yeah. Really recognizing like, Hey kid, you haven't, you haven't done this, like finding peace thing. Mm. Like, and, um, one of the things I actually learned this this week about, um, the Sabbath and, so it actually started on, they would start it on Friday evenings, right? And then it would flow into Saturday Shabbat. evenings. It was, yeah, it would start with Shabbat. And I, I was like, why is that a thing? And I was listening to a podcast called Bema, and they were talking about how the reason it was designed like that was because we were always, cre- we were created to flow from rest. Mm-hmm. And that just blew my mind. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Wait a second. You don't want me to like, my day doesn't start in the morning. Like you want my day to start with this eight hour period of, of rest and then, and let that mobilize me. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, noted. Yeah. Let's figure that out. So, so if you could have a dream day <clears throat> of Sabbath. It could be here. It could be anywhere in the world. Like money is of no objects. Like just a day that would bring Casey joy. Like for mo- morning, it could be with people. It could be by yourself. You could travel. You could stay home. What would like 24 hours with Casey, like what would be like a dream restful day? Play, discover, renew. I'd be in Southern Sleep. Italy. Same. Like right. all the way. All with the way. At some small Airbnb villa, okay, um, with the doors wide open to a terrace <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> overlooking a pretty the Italian coast. Oh yes. yes, I mean let's take it all, right? Yeah, let's uh, We're dreaming here. Yeah, yes, um, definitely a really good pen, writing pen, journal, Bible in hand. Who knows where my phone's at at this point in time? Not needed. Um, wake up, go sit by the water. Um, a walk would be involved. Really good, like, really good pizza would absolutely be involved. Where, like, I know the woman firsthand mm-hmm. and uh, and we're friends. And she got all of the vegetables that are on the pizza from the garden in the backyard. That okay. is her favorite thing to tend this is to. Dream. Um, this, dream. this is the dream. This yeah. is it. I'm here for it. <laughs> Um, and some more walking and exploring and probably go and see. I love learning about history. So go to some historical places Sight. and moment, see some sites yeah. and where not a lot of people are and just really meet, meet local people and have like really meaningful conversations mm-hmm. with people about about the things they love and just like gleaning gleaning all from that and that feels like rest yes yeah it all definitely that. sounds like a dreamy day yeah sign me up take us back mm-hmm. <laughs> 2019 take us back we will be in Italy at some we point will. in the next year yes. <laughs> that would be 
really hopeful. Hopefully without a mask on. (laughs) Hopefully Hopefully without a mask on. We will hopefully be healed or at least in a safe place sometime in the next short while. Short while. Please, Lord. Okay. So as we wrap up and close, do you have any like MO or mantra that you try to adhere to in life? Kind of a driving, any driving force? Integrity. I feel like it's... Woman. For me, it would just be like, imagine today. Mm. Just imagine. Make Mm -hmm. make space for your imagination today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's my... That's a good one. Yeah. Go out there and dream. Go out there and dream. Big dreams. Big dreams. Dream big dreams. Where could we find you and all the things that you're doing, like online? Um, besides, if we, we said earlier, we, we could find you at Guest House. Besides finding you at Guest House, <laughs> where can we find you and your book and some things that you're doing and yeah. community work and all that kind of stuff? So, on my Instagram, I have lots of things. Okay. Which is just Casey Marguerite. Okay. Uh, like Margarita, but with an E instead of an A. Okay. <laughs> That's very helpful. Um, and then soon to be in the next couple of weeks it will be kcmarguerite.com aha so that's in the works super parts of it are still super. up um but there's a little little link at the bottom right now that says that says books and if you click on it you can see what's coming books and stuff what's coming in 2021 book wise okay. and then what's um disruptive joys is up there as well so yay yeah beautiful Thanks for taking some of your time and sharing a cocktail with me and your story and just all the things that you're doing around town. So thanks for being here. Oh my gosh, this has been such a blessing and I love all the work you do in town and just just for being my sister beyond all of that. Thanks. So likewise. All right, girl, until the next time. Yes. Here we go. Salud. Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation? 